0: Welcome, sports fans. To next great podcast surrounding the NFL It's the latest catch. I'm Brent Labonte, the founder, and our partner, one of my great friends, Bryce Mercier. Today, we'll go over popular news, topics, headlines, and predictions for this upcoming week. Obviously, before we start, make sure to let other people know and continue to follow the process. Every listener matters.
1: All right, before we hop into this episode, a uh, quick word from our sponsor. <laughs>
0: So, welcome into the Latest Catch podcast. We have Georgia Southern tight end, J.J. McAfee. J.J., so get this thing started, man. We're going to talk a little bit about some football, you know, your backstory, where you're from, and then how you just became a Georgia Southern football player uh, last year. Uh So, obviously, some good things came out of this season for you guys. You guys had a bounce-back year. So, can you take us through, you know, how you guys ended up bouncing back, and why did you guys play the way you did?
2: See, it was really like the team chemistry on, on what we had from last year. You know what I'm saying? We never gave up. We always had faith. And then the coaches came in. We had a whole new coaching staff, new change, instead of Coach with, But a whole new coaching staff came in, and then they also had faith in us. You know what I'm saying? They believed in us. So, it was just – we just came out of strength like that. We always we always had a vision, too, on what we wanted to do. And even when t- times were sour and things were bad, we never gave up on each other. You know what I'm saying? We always had faith. We never pointed fingers. And I say, the team chemistry, what, what got us where we was at this year.
0: Yeah, you can tell that. You can obviously see the chemistry was there um, from you guys. Just getting back to a bowl game is huge for Georgia Southern. And your your journey there was actually quite crazy. Just reading through it, man. So before you ended up going to college and playing some ball at Georgia Southern, you attended high school in South Carolina, correct?
2: Yes, sir. I went to Ashley Ridge High School. In, uh, the Ashley Ridge Park, High School.
0: Mm. Um, so all, all the memories and moments, I mean, it could have been off the field, on the field. What had it been your favorite?
2: Ju- uh, at Georgia College, Millersville, Georgia. It taught me a lot, you know what I'm saying? Honestly, even though it wasn't my probably my favorite part then, it's my favorite part now because it made me like who I am today.
0: So a lot of the guys that we interview on this podcast, you know, we kind of talk about their high school career, and I read that you played some basketball, and so oh, yeah. of these guys, man... They put up some good stats, so I want to hear your stats of basketball. And you think you have like a, maybe
2: a future in that sport instead of football? Oh, I, I wanted to play basketball. I wanted to try to try for Georgia Southern, but I, I, I ain't gonna take I ain't gonna take my routes there. But yeah, I, I I uh I love basketball. I used to have a passion for basketball more than I have for football growing up. But I just knew football was the easier route. And then I wanted to play my senior year in high school. I played my junior year. I I, I don't really too much remember my stats. I wanted to play my junior year in high school. I mean, my senior year of high school, but I tore my ACL uh, like the fourth game or fifth game in my uh, senior year of football, so I couldn't play basketball that year.
0: I was just going to talk to you on your ACL injury. A lot of athletes, you, know, you see them go down uh, with that tear in the knee, and some people are affected differently than others. So can you kind of talk me through, you know, how your rehab process was and, uh, you know, what was your mental state at that time?
2: I could say my mental state, honestly, it wasn't too good when I took my ACL because I was just getting like, I think I was leading the state in South Carolina and it was either catches or receiving yards in the state of South Carolina before I took my ACL. And then um I ended up tanning and my mental state just went splattered, but I ended up taking off a whole year and just recovering on it and doing rehab with a uh, trident, trident hospital and everything like that. And then I never had a problem with it ever again. And it's actually my more comfortable leg So, that knee injury, I'm
0: guessing it might have, like tinkered with the recruiting process as well. So was there like colleges that you know whether it was the JUCO level D two or, or D one? Like did they actually you know doubt that you could actually play the game at the next level then after the injury?
2: I know I had a I had a lot of college that I was talking to, but I don't think it was the ACL that that they uh, ran away from me from. It was I done not had the grades to go Division one at the time, so that's why I had the I had a lot of recruitment until I was going to have the grades. That's why I ended up going to Juco, Georgia Military College. But that was cool with, like, the ACL and everything. So you stand at 6'3". At the time,
0: you played some receiver. Uh, so what kind of colleges did reach out to you? Obviously, they were probably assessed with your size.
2: Uh, you talking about of high school?
0: Yeah, out of high school.
2: I, w- I wanted to go to South Carolina. I was, I was close to going to South Carolina. I was going to go play tight end in South Carolina. In
0: 2018, you Technical College the whole year because you were rehabbing the, your knee injury and it ended up redshirting you so mm-hmm. you mentioned that going to like Juco it actually like changed you and it made you the, the person you are today um, it made you stronger tougher so mm. what are some takeaways from your time um you know e- even away from the game that you can just tell us about you know playing ball not at the d1 level but at the juco
2: level it was different for sure, but for me, I didn't really get to have the whole experience on my second year because uh, COVID came about, so we only had two games. But it was different. You get to meet a lot of new people and learn different things. You get to – for me, it was the military. I got to experience that and see how we actually had to do things and, and, and structure and being on time, even to, like, the simplest things on how you fix your bed, like, to interest. So it was just totally different, like, than just playing football there.
0: So eventually, right, you go to Georgia Military College, and then you transfer to Georgia Southern
1: mm-hmm.
0: after the COVID year. You didn't play any football. Um, can you t- can you talk us about how you ended up at Georgia Southern and what did they promise? You know, compared to the other schools that were interested in you.
2: Uh, Georgia Southern just felt like home. So, and the coaches who was talking to me here, it just felt like it was more of like a. Uh, a trustworthy place to come in here. I just felt like I just went on my gut feeling and gave it to God, and this was the place I chose. So that, they were just talking to me better than more than any other school that was talking to me. Your first and- season at
0: Georgia Southern, you had 113 yards. You started in seven games. I'm sure it was probably a blessing for you to play at the highest level of college football, but was there any difficulties you know, during that transition?
2: Uh, I could say there really wasn't no difficulties for. Real. I could say practice was different than JUCO, but there really wasn't no no crazy difficulties. And then getting used to the uh, we had triple option last year, so it was trying to settle into that.
0: Exactly. So yeah, you probably just gotta learn a new playbook. You know, get used to, get used to your new teammates, um, new coaches. Um, you started out at receiver and then you switched positions. Did you come in as a wide receiver to Georgia Southern? Or- and then yeah, I can't. I
2: can't. I came in as a wide receiver. I switched to tight end this year, guys. Okay, so you started. Yeah,
0: you started three games this year. You had a career high in receiving yards, touchdowns. So, the new position. Was there any difficulties of switching that as well or no?
2: No, I would have say it was no difficulties. It was just learning the uh, X and O's with tight end with like the um the run game and everything like that. But besides besides learning the running game, it wasn't it wasn't no difficulties for.
0: I think you're speaking facts because I ended up going through your Twitter, man, and, and you laid this kid out. I don't know if it was high school or what it was, man, but I can tell you're, you're a pretty good blocker as well, you know, no matter what your size is. I'm mm. sure the more you play the position, you know, the better understanding you'll have of it. Um, leading to this question now, it's going to be your fifth year of college ball. Uh, what's the move from here, man? Are you going to enter the draft? You know, Do you have any more years of eligibility? Are you going to transfer, put your name in the portal, or have you not really thought about that yet?
2: Oh no, I'm uh I'm an eagle for sure this year. So we I'm 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 gonna let my uh my last year ride out here and, and see where life takes me. And, yeah, my dream is to enter my name into the draft and everything. I mean uh prepare for the league and all that. So see how see how this year goes after. Give it a God.
0: Yeah, I got you, man. So if you or since you are returning, what are your predictions? You know for next year's Georgia Southern team, and what can we expect from you?
2: You can expect the best for me. It just Whatever God got planned for me in in that standpoint or whatever. Here. Just whatever I'm just trying to better uh help my team produce. And we just trying to win some bit.
0: That's awesome, man. And uh we had your teammate on Anthony Wilson. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Safety safety. Yeah, he wore number zero in your bowl game, which is a which is a great honor. Mm-hmm. So my question, you gotta be honest, man. You gotta be truthfully honest with me. You go one v one,
2: who's winning? Ha <laughs> versus Ant. I don't know, man. And, 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 and great, we just, we gotta uh we gotta just let the film talk. We gotta pull up the film. Hopefully, y'all see that one. Awesome, awesome. Hey, man, we cannot
0: thank you enough for joining us. I mean, we reached out to you, you responded right away, and uh, we found a time that worked. We're gonna be following your game, following Georgia Southern. Can't wait.
2: Appreciate that. Thank you. All right, see, you, JJ. See. You.
1: Guess who it is? I'm back. It's BT, Brenty. Obviously, one-man show on the latest Catch interview today. And obviously, I will listen to the interview after you publish the episode, but I just want your thoughts on how it went. I was pretty excited to do this interview. I was kind of bummed out when I had uh, some other obligations I had to go to. Obviously, South Dakota State Jackrabbits winning the FCS Division I football National championship over North Dakota State. They're passing the torch down, uh, horns down. Obviously, let's go Jacks. All right, we're gonna get hot here, Brenti. We're gonna turn into NDSU. All right, we're gonna win nine of the next eleven natties. All right, let me tell you, I I believe that so hardly. But hey, how did that interview go with Georgia Southern wide receiver? I believe we had on today.
0: Yeah, we did. Georgia Southern Eagle. J.J. Um, McAfee, tight end. He actually kind of went through his life, and, and it was a really cool talk with him because you know he kind of mentioned a little bit of setbacks and, and how he was able to turn those setbacks into a huge comeback. Um, in high school, he was actually a big-time recruit, a wide receiver at the time, staying at 6'3", so that that body, a lot of coaches loved That The problem was um, he, he mentioned in the interview that he he was not great with grades, so he had to go JUCO. He went to two different Juco schools before he went to Georgia Southern. And then he was a wide receiver his first year there, moved to tight end, um, has some very, very good speed for his size and a guy to watch out for the next year's draft. I just thought it was really cool talk. You know, he, he just kind of um, really just mentioned all the things that kind of set him back. And his mental state at one point was not great, but he just kept working and, and uh, kept getting after it. And obviously now he's, he's very successful.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited to listen to it. But, Brenty, now that we're past kind of the, the Didamar Hamlin news, it's great to hear that he is up and at it, out of the hospital even now, walking around. So that is great news. Uh, it's playoff time, and one team that's not in the playoffs is, of course, the Green Bay Packers uh, losing to Detroit on Sunday night at home, maybe Aaron Rodgers' last game in a Packers uniform and at Lambeau Field as a Packer. So, uh we will kind of just go in to that right now, what the Packers should do here with Aaron Rodgers. And will the Raiders get involved? Where will Tom Brady end up? Uh, there's a lot of different things that are going to happen here with some older quarterbacks and some teams that, in my opinion, need a quarterback. So, Brenty, what should the Packers do with Aaron Rodgers? And should they consider a trade to Las Vegas, where the Raiders might have to give Green Bay some assets, like Darren Waller would be a guy that you could look at trading for.
0: So now here's the thing, BT. Unfortunately for Green Bay, all the cards are in Aaron Rodgers' hands. And he will control what Green Bay does. If he wants to come back, unfortunately Green Bay's going to have to hold on to him. And why I say unfortunately is because we have a guy by the name of Jordan Love sitting behind him. It'll be his fourth year in the NFL. I'm pretty sure Rodgers only sat three years behind Brett Favre. So, this would be one more year than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I understand he's learning from one of the best in the league in Aaron Rodgers, but you also need that play experience as well. So, it's a little concerning, especially if you're Packer fans, because in a way, his value is only going down from here. You know, when you drive a brand-new car off the lot, right away that value goes down. So, it's almost like Jordan Love in a way. How old is he now? I think he's the same age as Stetson Bennett. So, he's almost twenty-six. The lot? Uh I like,
1: yeah, I believe he's like uh twenty-five. He yeah, is
0: 24 he's twenty-four years old. Twenty-four years old. Okay, so he's turning twenty-five then. He's actually younger, I think, than Stetson Bennett. He will be twenty-five next season, and you drafted him with the first round pick. If you do trade him, say Rogers comes back, which hey, hear me on BT, it's hard to turn down fifty million dollars. So I'm thinking Rogers comes back. I think Rogers wants to retire a Packer. As a Packer fan, I'm almost to the point where I'm like, you know what? Let's see what Love's got. The issue is now, I think what, what Green Bay had to go through last offseason with Aaron Rodgers, they will not move on from the greatest quarterback in their franchise history. I think he is declining a little bit, but it also could have been because of uh no hackett in the offense this year. They and some injuries as well. Injuries as well. So we're gonna have to see what Rodgers looks like if he comes back next year. I either see him retiring this year or coming back and playing for Green Bay one more season.
1: I kind of agree with that. I believe that if Rodgers does play next year, I think it'll be for Green Bay and Green Bay only. I don't think uh, he would want to go play anywhere else. Um, But Green Bay is in a tough situation here because Jordan Love is a guy that you spent a lot of kind of you could say money on he's going to make 20 million dollars next year i believe his contract as a first round pick uh we are picking up his fifth year option so obviously next year we have to decide whether or not to pick up his fifth year option and you have to believe if we pick up his fifth year option he would be the starter we wouldn't pick up the fifth year option on a 20 million dollar quarterback to sit behind a different quarterback that we're paying 50 million dollars for um, so it wouldn't really make much like the Packers are in a very difficult situation here, but you know, as a Packers fan, I would have taken what Denver offered us last year in the snap of a finger that fixes our tight end problem. We get Noah Fant, who's a, a, a mid to top tier tight end and we get all the draft capital in the world to build around this young quarterback who had been 23 at the time, starting with, Young, now young wide receivers and Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samori Torre, and you got a younger backfield, right? And you have that veteran offensive line to give them time. So, to me, that was the perfect opportunity to develop and make Jordan Love into the third addition to Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and now Jordan Love. But now you're seeing that almost start to. Go away because you're missing the window, in my opinion.
0: You you hit on some great points there, Bryson. And the fifth year option thing is big. I think what's going to happen: Aaron Rodgers is going to come back, but he's going to do the Big Ben. You know, I, I'm going to play one last season. He's going to make it known, and then it's a farewell tour. Then Love will take over for during that fifth year option uh, season. I think that's my. I think that's what's going to happen. Aaron Rodgers is talking with the Green Bay Packers today. And tomorrow, uh, Pat McAfee reported that on his show today. So we're gonna see what the Packers and Rodgers discuss. Moving on to another quarterback, Derek Carr, the Raiders, Bryson. You know, I think in the in the past episodes that we've talked about Derek Carr and the Raiders, we thought they had a guy for the future. They bring in a court or a new head coach and Josh McDaniels. He does not like his quarterback as much, I think, as John Gruden did or even Rich Masaccia when he took over as the interim head coach. So, looks like they're going to move on from him. Where do you think he'll end up? I
1: don't know. He's 31 years old. So, he's still somewhat in the prime of his career. You would think that if he would have seven, eight more years, uh, especially the way he plays. He's not a very mobile quarterback. So, uh, he's more of that pocket passer that will last until the late 30s in this league. Um, obviously, you got a team like Indianapolis, but then you also have a team, Brenty, like, Tampa Bay, that, or New Orleans, who desperately need quarterbacks because who knows where Tom Brady's going to be next year because his contract is up. So Derek Carr could land in a few different spots here, and you have another spot like Seattle, where who knows if they're going to sign Geno to a long-term deal here to make him the franchise QB. Like, do they go on from him and try to get a guy that maybe is a little better, but? Is Derek Carr really better than Geno Smith? Like, nobody really knows that right now. And Tampa Bay, who knows if they're going to re-sign Tom Brady. Indianapolis, are they going to draft a QB, or do they want to go on another kind of older quarterback?
0: That would be crazy, man. But that would be like, what, five in a row for in Indianapolis? Row under, it started with Rivers, man, and they just Holy had bad man, luck ever s- since then.
1: Yeah, that, that Indianapolis. I saw that Jeff Saturday wanted the job. Full time. Obviously that probably won't happen, but Jim Ursay has a different way of doing things. So exactly. And uh, I think Irsay, there is a
0: possibility. Ursay has a lot of say in what goes on there. I you know, a lot of the owners in the NFL, they're like they either sit back and let their GM do the job. Where Ursay, I feel like he has all the power and all the authority there in that organization. So we're gonna see if Indy maybe pulls the trigger on carr. I mean, you mentioned some really good teams. Now, I wanna say this this team. Now this could be crazy. But it ends well, okay. This is gonna have to really be a, a far fetched scenario here. All right, all right. The Houston Texans, man. The Houston now, David all right. Carr.
1: I I could see, okay, I could realistically see that a little.
0: The last name Carr in Houston is probably not a very good thing, BT, though.
1: <laughs> okay, David Carr. What was, well, yeah, David Carr was what their first,
0: their first ever draft pick, right? First ever draft pick in Houston history. So that would probably be, uh, not great for Houston Texans fans, but uh, definitely yeah, a he was up. a bust. Eh? He was well. I mean, you you don't really blame him because he had a terrible offensive line. I mean, remember this team was just an expansion team in the NFL. So, I mean, can you really blame the guy? Obviously, he went on and played a couple more years as backup. Uh, couldn't really get a starting job anywhere, and he didn't really prove to be a good quarterback. He had a couple of nice moments in in Houston, but he ended up hey, being Brandt, uh, overall a bust. I've
1: got a fun fact
0: for you, dear.
1: They're brothers.
0: They are. No, well, yeah, they are. That's what I mean. Car, the last name Car, they are brothers. So I did not
1: know that. I yeah, was, da- wow. David
0: and Derek. I'm pretty sure BT, when David got drafted on draft night, I believe it was in 2002. You could probably search it up. I believe it was in Um, when, when he went on the stage to hug Roger Goodell with the first pick or whatever, or whatever it was, um, Derek ended up going on to the stage with his brother. So um, that's how I knew those two were related. And obviously, Houston, like I said, they were really bad at the time. So we're going to see. Maybe Derek Carr goes there. Um, but there's a lot of different options. Panthers are one team. Do they want to stick with Sam Darnold? That's a question. Like you mentioned, the Colts, the Broncos, right? A Washington. Washington. Washington could even oh, be in dude, the that's market a, for a QB. That's a good fit, I feel, right there. I think Ron Rivera, who I think he likes his veteran quarterbacks. so
2: It's evident he that he guys. likes
1: his veteran quarterbacks because he goes – consistently goes away from taylor heineke which is completely oh i can't i can't get behind that i love taylor heineke he did so many good things for washington ever since that tampa bay playoff game and they disrespect him every year they give another guy the starting job it's tough to watch because taylor heineke gives them a chance to win week in week out and with the playoffs on the line you sit them that was that was a that was a weird decision I don't know what went into
0: that, but yeah, I mean it, it was crazy because as Packer fans at the time, I was like, "Thank you, Washington." Yeah, but, like I mean, Ron Rivera wow. is a good. He's a good coach. You know, we talked Tyler Larson on the podcast that one day, and he he mentioned all these great things about Ron Rivera and his leadership and what he brings to the table. Um, you would think but,
1: it has to do a little bit with how much money they're playing Carson Wentz compared to Taylor Heineke. You would you would have to believe that that
0: would be kind of the politics involved in that. Exactly, and then you've seen B.T. the final week of the year. Heineke was actually named the starter, but he told her very. He's like, man, I've mean, I proved everything I had this year. You've seen my play. Other teams seen my play because I'm a free agent. after this And season. Sam Howell
1: might have won the job.
0: Exactly, Sam Howell might have proved himself. Now, speaking of head coaches, man, we're going to quickly go over the openings that have presented themselves with uh, well, the Houston Texans, Panthers, Colts, Broncos, Cardinals, B.T., you know, what are some candidates that we can keep a close eye on for some of these teams, if you got any?
1: Uh, so I got a really good one for the Broncos uh, here. I heard that Jim Harbaugh, I know that he ruled out the Carolina job, I believe. But Denver has been calling, and that is rumored to be if Harbaugh leaves Michigan, which is kind of 50-50 right now as a Michigan fan. I don't know what he's going to do. I really don't. The last couple of years, I've known that he's not going to go to the league, but now that he's lost in the CFP twice in a row now, I don't know. There's, there's a weird feeling that he might go, and if he does go, I believe that it would be to the Denver Broncos. Uh, I believe that that's a pretty good fit for him and gets a veteran QB that's got something to prove because Russell's got six more years on his deal. Uh,
0: so you got to let Russ Cook and
1: uh, ride with Denver there.
0: He he did look good that final week of the year, Russ did. Now for the for the Broncos, my guy there is Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's the Cowboys defensive coordinator. He was See Seahawks. I was gonna go
1: Dan Quinn to the Texans.
0: He was the Seahawks defensive coordinator when they were when they had the Legion of Boom. So I'm thinking Russ is probably gonna have a good input here on the next head coach. He really didn't have one last off season with Nathaniel Hackett because he was recently traded there. But this year, I feel it's going to be a little different. Obviously, the Broncos also have something to prove. They want to make sure this Russell Wilson trade is going to go down in history as a great one, not one that they wasted a lot of draft capital on. Now, I was gonna Sean, Sean, Payton. Sean yeah. Payton is also uh, – I believe there's a lot of teams that are asking
1: to talk with him.
0: I was going to put Sean Payton there, BT, but I thought to myself, well, they just gave up a lot of draft picks for Russ. And to trade for Sean Payton, which the Saints have rights for, they want a first-round pick and more. And I don't. Even, does the do the Broncos even have a first-round pick? No, they do not. See, I, not this they, year. They wouldn't be able to So I think, like I said, they're going to go with the second best option. And to me, that's Dan Quinn. Yeah, Texans, I could, I could,
1: I could agree with that. Texans, I, I don't really know. I that job is probably not very side open that team in my opinion isn't very good but they do have some young talent that they can develop um and then like detroit has some candidates that a lot of teams are looking at their offensive and defensive coordinator actually uh but ben johnson the lions offensive coordinator hell of a year for the detroit lions uh getting a winning record i just don't know if ben johnson wants to leave detroit and my question to you brent is like so Ben Johnson's the offensive coordinator. Does he have to take the Texans' job if they offer it to him?
0: Or can he stay the Lions' offensive oh, no. coordinator? Yeah, yeah, he, he can stay. I mean, it's it's all up to you. Like, for example, D'Amico Ryans, who's a former linebacker in this league for a long time, a, a very good one actually. He's the 49ers' defensive coordinator right now. And the Texans have already offered him the job pretty much. And they did – the same thing last year to Byron Leftwich, the Jaguars did to Leftwich. If you can remember, Leftwich actually declined that offer and he said, "I'm I'm going to rule out this job." So I think Ben Johnson, if he gets offered this, and I can see, I mean, who would want to take over this Texans team? They're they're terrible. They're not going to be good for years to come, and their ownership and the the GM, right? They seem to, I don't know, man. That they're firing coaches after one season. They did Lovey Smith 30, and they did uh, I think it was David Culley. I don't know who their coach was the year before that, but they fired each coach back-to-back. I wouldn't want to coach the Texans right now.
1: Yeah, they just seem like a team that doesn't really know what they want their identity to be. And I heard some uh, something on, I think, the Pat McAfee show where a guy was talking about how a coach kind of wants his organization, so the owner and the GM, to kind of be aligned and have the same ideas. And I just don't see that in Houston right now. And there's no stability there either, um, in my opinion. But Brenty, a sneaky head coach candidate in the NFL, Kirby Smart.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Kirby
1: Smart, if he does decide to leave Georgia, which would kind of be a stretch, right? But think about it. If he does leave Georgia to go pursue an NFL job, he would be a hot candidate for a lot of jobs. And, obviously, Georgia just absolutely wrecking TCU in the co- college football playoff championship. The king that of game college was football, over. man. Oh, yeah. my goodness, that game was so over. Um, I believe that Michigan would have gave them a better run than that, oh, yeah. obviously. But I, that's how you got to win the game to get there. So, TCU exactly. did that. So, give them credit for that. But, wow, that was an embarrassment. On uh, national television, unfortunately, for TCU. They went from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows in about a week. So uh, that
0: was very, very tough watch yesterday.
1: I did not watch the entire game.
0: No, yeah, I stopped watching a halftime, dude. I mean, it was a blowout then. But I want you to do something here while I'm going to name some of these uh, guys that could possibly head coach some candidates off. Um, could you search up how many college coaches coached in the NFL and, and tell me, like, Obviously, there's going to be probably a decent list, but successful ones. I want to know – like, I think Pete Carroll, he's one, because he went from the NFL to college back to the NFL. So, I mean, I I don't know if it's common, really. And, obviously, Urban Meyer, that was a complete failure. Okay, yeah,
1: there's some some really good ones here. So, like, Tom Coughlin coached at Boston College, actually. Uh, Pete Carroll, you mentioned him. Uh, Jimmy Johnson coached at Miami and then went to Miami. The pro team, but then you got guys like Urban Meyer, Matt Rule, who was really good in college, struggled. Uh, Kelly, that Kelly, from, Chip Kelly, yeah. Uh, Nick Saban obviously struggled in the NFL. Quite like not struggled though; he kept his job for a little bit, but then went back to the college ranks. But then uh, Jim Harbaugh was a great coach at San Francisco before he went. Well, he coached at Stanford before that, so yep. he would be a guy that went from college to the NFL and then back to college. But I wouldn't say he had a bad career in the NFL. I mean, he almost won a Super Bowl, brought his team to the Super Bowl, lost to his brother. So, yeah, there's a couple coaches that have done good, and there's obviously those
0: coaches that have done bad too. And that's where I think a lot of teams are going to look at those lists and be like, man, it seems like there's a lot more misses than hits. But Kirby's smart. I think he's an awesome coach, but then you also got to think about the talent that he has there. And college football is all about recruiting. And we're gonna see that I think BT with Colorado and uh, Deion Sanders.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure uh, about
0: you, man, but I, I think he's bringing the recruits, man.
1: Yeah, and Colorado is gonna be a top 25 team to start the year just because of the publicity they're getting right now. Like the publicity is off the charts for them right now.
0: I mean, it helps when you have prime time as your head coach. So yeah, it does. We're gonna stick with that and a and a job that could be opening up really soon here. And I feel the longer they wait and the longer this team. And the guy that really, he's not in the hot seat or anything. He did have a rough year, Sean McVay. The the more time he takes, BT, I feel like you're hurting your team. Because all these other teams that have a head coach openings, they are sending out requests for the next head coaches that they at least want to interview. Sean McVay has no clue he said what he's going to do right now. So if he keeps waiting like this, and I'm sure he won't. I'm sure he's going to decide with these next couple of weeks. Maybe this week we'll know. But I feel like you're just hurting your own organization, and you might end up with a Lovey Smith situation, where he's the last decent, you know, guy available for your football team, and you might just have to ride him for a year and see how he does, and then and then cut him off.
1: I mean, he's 36 years old. I I don't know if he just doesn't love the game anymore. I, I are you talking about retirement. For like, he's 36. He's only been in the league for six years.
0: I heard he does does not want to be a part of a rebuild, and he's been worn out. And that so maybe he, it's a thing where he retires, but then comes back in yeah, I mean he's thirty
1: six. So if he came back in ten years, he'd be a young coach still, like forty six year old. like that's kind of crazy to thing. think about. Sean McVay coaching from thirty to thirty six years old, and then he turns fifty and he's like, all right, I kind of want to get back into this coaching thing. That, that would be kind of that'd be really weird to see. That would be a very interesting scenario. But I I believe that him and Aaron Rodgers both have kind of the same thing. They know that they kind of want to make their decision pretty quickly so that they don't screw over the franchise that they've been with for the last, you know, their basically entire career. Uh, I don't think they want to do that. So they're going to have the best intentions in mind. And whatever their decision is, we'll we'll hear it fairly soon.
0: It's been a big, you know, really a big news headline, the Sean McVay situation. And he he was talking about retirement a little bit. You know, what is he going to do? Is he going to take the Fox job where he's offered millions of dollars to be a broadcaster? He simply just said, I don't want to be a part of the rebuild. And they kind of hurt themselves with that BT with trading all their draft picks for Matt Stafford. And then they pay all these guys. Now they can't afford. And to me, the Rams shot themselves in the foot. and Now McVay's leaving his team. When he doesn't have success, I feel that is a you know a low blow there, uh, for the Rams organization and a bad look on Sean McVay.
1: Yeah, and that trade is looking terrible right now because, in my opinion, like Baker Mayfield looked to be a proven starter for that team, and like you just traded so much for Matthew Stafford that you need to start him,
0: and you signed and, him to an
1: extension, and yeah. you signed him for an extension. So I, yeah, Baker Mayfield earned himself a starting job. But I don't think it's going to be with Los Angeles, unfortunately for them.
0: All right, man, BT. This is my favorite time of year. We're starting draft, to draft. time. Yeah, draft time. Draft. And usually we, we do talk a lot of draft, and you know whether it's like last year. I mean, we'll we start getting of- into it more and more. We're yeah.
1: We're still we're still a couple months away, but it's playoff time. So now and for us, we don't have a playoff team, so it's draft time for us basically.
0: And I think last year we got to know more and more prospects, so it made the draft a little bit more interesting when it got into the mid-rounds. Where hopefully, man, if we look into this thing enough, we can find some sleepers, find some guys that are picked in those later rounds, those day three picks, and we're like, man, yeah, we know that guy. And uh, so why not start up with the quarterback position? This is the, the best position. Obviously, the past two years, I'd say, for QBs, it hasn't been great for the process. no it hasn't
1: the, but this one's a little top heavy there's a couple like superstars coming out of college but like man there there's not a lot of depth there that's for sure
0: all right man so give me oh actually i'll start off i'll give, I'll give you my number five and then obviously we'll just kind of bounce back and forth here so i don't know if that's up to you, BT. do you want to do like, do you want to talk about the guy and and give some the pros and cons or whatever you think about him, or do you want to do that at the end? Uh, We'll just do it as we're going. All right, man. So my number five guy is Tennessee star quarterback Hendon Hooker. I think that his ACL tear is actually going to end up hurting him here in his draft stock. Now, I don't think he'd be a starter next year anyway. I mean, he still, he showed some great stuff at Tennessee. He actually had them as a top program in the NCAA this year. So he obviously showed that he was a very valuable piece for that team. Got Tennessee on top of the world at one point. They were feeling great as a Heisman candidate, but I don't really think he's a great NFL quarterback. This guy was a really good college quarterback, but I don't know. Like I said, man, he doesn't really impress me too much. Um, He's got a live arm, though, I tell you that. And he's a winner this year. He, he proved that. Um, he's got somewhat of an F- NFL arm, good, good velocity. He's got good accuracy when he's on the move. And that's one thing about um, his speed. He's, he's got a little mobility to him, impressive runner. And he's constantly getting yards on the ground. And he could be used in, like, a run version-type offense, whether it's read options, stuff like that. Also, a high-character ca- high guy, people were saying. Smart player. That's one thing when he's got the pro days and stuff, BT, he's going to have to show that he is more of an IQ guy rather than show what he's worth on the field because of that knee injury.
1: Yeah, that knee injury really set him back. And uh, my number five guy uh, is Bone Nicks. And I don't have Hendon Hooker on my list. I will say that. Uh, I think that knee injury, I, I believe that knee injury kind of, and to me, his game style didn't really fit the NFL, in my opinion. You look at some of his touchdown throws. He made a couple of pretty solid throws. But, like, the windows were so open because that Tennessee offense was so good that I don't think his game would transition to the NFL
0: as now, hey, well. i got a sleeper. Hey, Bo Nix, though, if you're going to pick him, he actually ended up saying he's going back to Oregon and he's going to play his final year in eligibility there. Elibi- eligibility there. Really, yeah, he's, he's gonna finish out his final year, and he's it, to me, it honestly, put Oregon. I mean, dude, they're right gets, in
1: contention, then yeah, top five, and yeah, they the are
0: right in contention.
1: Yeah, I, I guess then I will go with Anthony Richardson yeah. out of Florida at number five. Then, um, I believe you're gonna talk about him here, uh, coming up too, but obviously, really athletic guy, but kind of the same as Hendon Hooker. I don't know how well his game will transition, but I mean, Lamar Jackson's game transitioned pretty well. So, I mean, you can't rule out the guy just because he's not your standard
0: uh, NFL pocket passer. Hey, you make a point there. And, and that's my number four quarterback. I just, I honestly would probably have Henning Hooker above Anthony Richardson if Hooker was healthy. Now, those two are interchangeable in my eyes. Uh, Richardson had a down year at Florida. And I, if he would have, to me, played, like, his junior season and there was questions whether he returned to college this year. But, Bryson, you clearly, I mean, this guy, you kind of mentioned it, does this guy fit in NFL offense? He's one of those players. Like, it's either going to be a hit or miss. You're going to find a Lamar hey. Jackson-like player. Hey, the Ravens might not re-sign Lamar. Dude, there you're you saying. go. There you Anthony go. Richardson just replacing him. 6'4", 232. It's got some big-time upside, but. Obviously, um, he took. I think he took over, though, for Kyle Trask. And then ever since then, he, he's been all right of a player. Th- like I said, this year, though, he, he didn't play that great, didn't throw for many touchdowns through the that air. That Florida team wasn't very good, though, in a, in a pretty
1: stacked SEC, I will say that. Yep. All right, my number four is going to surprise you a little bit because he's pretty high on a lot of boards. But I think Will Levis is the fourth guy on my list. And this is why. The, he's got the arm talent and he he's got the stats we're playing at kentucky his team wasn't very good all of a sudden they are good they're top 10 top 20 team uh quarterback play must be must be the reason right well yeah he played well but his competition probably wasn't the greatest right and this guy has zach wilson written so like i just see zach wilson see when i look at him because he does have he did have that good college career he took a small school well, Kentucky's not a small school, but they're a small football school. They're not known for football, right? And Zach Wilson took BYU, took him to a ranked team, top twenty, top ten team, right? All of a sudden, Kentucky's this top twenty, top ten team. But I think that Will Levis is Zach Wilson all over again. He made a couple good throws at his pro day. All of a sudden, NFL scouts are looking at that. Look at the arm talent. Look at the decide. Like, look at his throwing motion. Like, look at how smooth it looks. Well, he gets to the league, and he's an absolute boss. Zach Wilson. Uh, wow, he might not even have a job next year. So I think Will Levis, I'm not going to rule him out. I think he could have the potential to be a really good quarterback, but I just see too much Zach Wilson in him.
0: I mean, I I can somewhat side with you on that. I mean, this is definitely a risky pick uh, for me, at least to put him at three, but that's where Will Levis is. Now, Here's my: you see Zach Wilson, I see the upside of Josh Allen. Alright, right. so he's your number three then. Man. And that's why he's my number three. Now, yes, I can totally see him being a boss BD, and you said it, man, but I don't think he's a starter day one in the NFL.
1: And Zach Wilson was forced into a situation with an absolutely atrocious offense. I will
0: say that. And one thing I do want to say, too, and I wanted to mention this because you, you have the guy by the name of Stetson Bennett at three. So, I love that pick because I actually somewhat forgot about Stetson Bennett. And I shouldn't, though, because the man is a two-time college championship playoff winner. So this this guy's a winner in college. He's older, obviously. But look at Brock Purdy, man. Stetson that, back- that's
1: exactly where I went when I watched Stetson Bennett play for Georgia this year. And then Brock Purdy got his job. Like, obviously, Iowa State was not anywhere near what Georgia was. But – there are some similarities there, and Stetson Bennett. Say what you want, he's a proven winner for me, and I yes, he does have an absolutely stacked team around him, and he is 25 years old already. But I mean, why not draft this guy if he's sitting there in the sixth round, and you're a team like Indianapolis, Washington, Texas, like the Houston Tech, like why not take a like Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Why not take a risk on this guy? Like if you're sitting there with the sixth-round pick that you got, compensatory pick, like, why not pick this guy? He's a proven winner, has an amazing college career, and even though he played for an absolutely stacked team, he still made the throws. He didn't make the big mistakes. I don't know. He's got got potential to be the type of kind of sleeper that Brock Purdy was. And who knows if Brock Purdy is really that good, or if that
0: San Mm -hmm. Francisco offense is just that good as well. I think you got to put him in the right system. That's the same thing with Levis. And, and that, that's where I kind of got my point there with Bennett, right? I think Brock Purdy changes the way the scouts look at quarterbacks. They might look now for guys that have served their team, you know, played a lot of football games, loyal, right? Smart with the football, like you mentioned. Guy that doesn't turn the ball over a lot and knows the game and loves the game a lot. I think this is where Stetson Bennett fits that mold. And Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant helps out a lot of these guys like Bennett, and I think he actually, where you said six-round pick, BT, maybe a second-round pick, where you take a shot on oh. a guy like that. I mean, it. I'm, I'm telling you, Brock Purdy, if he wins the Super Bowl, we are talking Stetson Bennett, draft stock, big-time riser. My number two guy, though, BT, Ohio State quarterback, CJ Stroud. Now, yeah, our top two is going to be very similar. I, I don't know who's going to get picked first
1: year, though. This will be an interesting... Yeah. Decision. I Here, you, you can talk about CJ a little bit, but we'll so, get into this conversation a little after.
0: So yeah, I, I've, I've seen a little bit on CJ going first. I've seen some Bryce Young going first. Now, I think Bryce Young's better quarterback, but I'll get there in a second. CJ Stroud, he showed some very, very good flashes. This guy... Wow, he upped his draft stock a yeah. lot in that Georgia game. Against Georgia, the semifinals game, he looked like a pro-style quarterback because he actually used his legs. The guy is not slow. The guy is not like a Matt Ryan where he can't move. You know why I said Matt Ryan, BT? He's going to Indy. All right? But (laughs) CJ Stroud, he actually has a little mobility, and if he puts it in his head that, you know what, when this play breaks down, I'm going to scramble a little bit, keep my eyes down. Yeah, he was dangerous
1: with the, like, scramble plays. Like, wow, he was was moving around the pocket very well, escaping, uh, making plays with his legs, making plays on the run, throwing dots to Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, yeah, I think C.J. Stroud upped his draft stock enough to get into that conversation with Bryce Young. Bryce Young, obviously Alabama's quarterback for the last two years. Great, great quarterback. Oh, Did he win the Heisman? Well, he won the Heisman last year and won- as a freshman. So that that should tell you enough right there. This year he lost to, who won? The quarterback from USC. Uh, yeah, you got Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, who had an amazing year for USC. He didn't enter, dude. He didn't enter enter into the draft, which was an interesting decision, but hey, they may have something to prove because they lost to our boy uh, Tulane and Shay White. Yeah. Yeah. But Bryce Young, the only knack on him that I've been seeing is that he's a little undersized. He's only like I he's not six foot. Yeah, he's not and to me. Obviously, I'm a short guy, so I believe that this doesn't really matter as much as people say it does. But for NFL scouts, that's what they're. I think they're overhyping this a little bit and they're overthinking this because he's five, like five eleven, looks so much different than six foot. So to me, his when he goes to the combine and gets measured, if you his height on here says six foot, but I have seen anywhere from five ten to six foot. So whatever he gets measured at at the combine. I think he's gonna dictate whether or not he goes first and second. As bad as that sounds, five eleven sounds so much worse than six foot. And five eleven almost sounds too short. You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to get at there?
0: Oh yeah, no, I do. Now Chicago has the first pick. Think that's the so first they're probably pick. gonna trade this. Now they hate they said they are not ruling out quarterback. Anderson. They're not ruling out quarterback. They said that if they're gonna do their homework on everybody and if they like a guy, they're gonna take him which is crazy because they have Justin Fields but I think they Imagine consider- if they will go Anderson. take CJ Stroud. Dude, if they take if, if they take Bryce Bryce Young, I'm going to hate it because I'm a Packers fan. And I think Bryce Young this is what, one of my hot takes today. I think he might be one of the best draft prospect quarterbacks. Oh man, dude, since Joe like Joe he's up there with Joe Burrow, man. I think he's actually better really? than him. I think him and Burrow are up there together and I think he will be a better quarterback. You know, who he reminds me of BT I think he reminds me of a mobile, and he, like obviously his legs are good, but he doesn't have to scramble every play. He reminds me of a mobile Drew Brees. Yeah, he does because he's got that smaller build, for and sure. They doubted Drew Brees. They doubted Kyler Murray. They doubted Russell Wilson. They doubted Kenny Pickett's hand size. Kenny Pickett turned into a dog. Dude, I love Kenny Pickett. Over and over, these scouts they they just kind of. Keep nagging on these, these little things. You know, if the seven,
1: They think the measurables are some of the most important things. When in reality, like, who cares if you're an it? Like, who cares if you're five, ten, or six foot? If you can make a throw, who cares?
0: Right? right? Yeah, dude. It's just a number. It's just a number. And I feel like if you could prove it on the field, prove it when you're in the locker room as a leader. Obviously, to me, if you've been coached by Nick Saban, I think you can be coached by anybody. So. This guy is a great quarterback, and he made a couple of throws in that bowl game, dude. Oh, my goodness, man. Like, yeah, that is had, he
1: had that one throw in the third quarter in the back. Like, Yep, that's what I'm talking back about. Back end zone. Holy man, that was dot. And like, that's live, an NFL-type throw that NFL teams dream of making.
0: And, and I live with a, a guy in Green Bay, and he just keeps talking about how Bryce Young's overrated. Bryce Young's overrated. Bryce Young's overrated. Bryce Young's overrated. I'm like, is he overrated because he wins? <laughs> is he overrated because he, he puts up the stats in place for Alabama? Or are you are you actually watching the games because this guy is a great quarterback? And, even and like- he's
1: not going to be underrated, like what he's done at Alabama. Oh yeah, he's, he's not going to be underrated. So what else? He's got to be overrated, if anything, right? So people are going to think that. But I'm agree. I'm agreeing with you. That's why I have him at number one. Uh, but CJ Stroud did prove that he could be better than bryce young but i don't see it i think bryce young like you said drew breeze with a little bit of legs yeah
0: man they both were nine
1: yeah yeah the simulators similarities keep going there
0: all right man this was a good talk though man i'm glad, glad we got to keep uh catch up with each other even though i just seen you over christmas break that'll probably oh, yeah. Clack, up.
1: getting and getting into classes we had workouts today Uh, getting my books ready, just getting into the swing of things again, getting ready for the second semester. When You go back the 17th,
0: right? I do, I do. So, hopefully, if you're listening still, we're hoping for some big things here this year, 2023. Hoping for some bigger guests, some new guests. Obviously, you know, it's tough to reach out to some of these guys, but, you know, if we just keep growing... We
1: promise, promise we're going to be more consistent. I do. We're going to be more consistent in 2023. We know in 2022... We kind of took a little bit of time off. That was, I mean, that was. This was probably one of the more chaotic summers and kind of falls that we've ever had to go through. So we're kind of learning how to deal with that, but I think we got it down. Pat, we're we're gonna get more consistent with this too to get one or two episodes a week out.
0: Heck yeah, man!
1: All right, that'll that'll wrap things up for today. We will catch you guys next week. Friend, you know, my friend.